0: welcome in everyone to the haven podcast you could be listening to anything else in the world right now but you're listening to me and i appreciate that hope all you beta cucks had a cucking great weekend on this week's tv and film focus episode i will be giving you my review slash thoughts on the series finale of house of cards and the new movie outlaw king starring chris pine that in that irish accent Then we'll go over news uh, from the mouth of the house of mouth. Whoa, that is a mouthful. Um, And then we'll quickly finish up today's episode with a few industry notes. Um, However, real quick, on a personal note, um, I have to share my excitement that I have planned for um, Monday. So depending on when you're listening, I'm recording it Sunday evening. So if you're listening to this as it comes out then it's probably going to be tonight because i tried to do it a little early for my subscribers you know a little little nod of the hat a thank you from me to you for for listening i appreciate that um but yeah depending when you do listen to it on monday um we do have officially coming out fallout 76 cannot wait for that um if you follow the podcast on instagram i'll be posting my streaming schedule for that game on there and, and i'll be streaming on mixer but monday afternoon i will be seeing in theaters very excited for this batman the mask of the phantasm which is back in theaters for one night only courtesy of fathom events it's their 25th anniversary for it so they're bringing it back i hope to goodness they update it a certain way but not lose the the essence of what that movie is for modern theaters um and for those that do live underneath the rock they're like um i know batman but what's mask of the phantasm danny um pretty simple it came out in theaters back in 1993 and as a kid growing up this was one show because it originally started off as batman the animated series so still to this day for me when i think of the character of batman or the joker my def- definite de- definite that's not the fucking word defiant No, definitive that's the word i'm trying to look for uh, ideas of those characters in my mind is Batman from the animated series back in the early 90s and the Joker. I think of Kevin Conroy who voices Batman and Bruce Wayne and then I think of Mark Hamill. Yes, that Mark Hamill aka Luke fucking Skywalker who was incredible as the Joker. So, that's not to say I don't like Christian Bale's Batman or Heath Ledger's Joker. Love that shit. Love Love what they do with those characters. But those for me are like childhood dreams of and just oh my god, just fucking love it. And it's actually one of the first movies I actually remember seeing in theaters as a kid. I think it was like that in Lion King and the first Jurassic Park. And so that nostalgia feeling of going back in there, super duper excited for it. And I think I may even on next week's episode, uh the TV and film focus episode that is, um, I may even have a review for it. So I'm hoping so because that is oh man. I just remember it being awesome and I haven't seen it for I think like ten years. Maybe on purpose because I'm afraid of watching it back and just being like, oh, this is not as good as I remember. So fingers crossed that it is. But, yeah, I cannot wait to see that bad boy on Monday. So, um, however, with all that personal excitement that you, let's be honest, probably could care less about that I just shared, let's officially start the show um, with news about the company that I feel in a couple of years will be in open all at war with Amazon you know, to see who's going to have complete, total supremacy and control over Earth, and that is Disney. So, in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Bob Iger, who runs Disney, he's the head of it all, announced the official name for Disney's upcoming new streaming service, which will be called officially... Actually, I don't know if you can hear the drum roll. Hopefully that's not too loud. I'm sorry if this is annoying. Disney Plus will be the name of it. Um, for those that are like, what's Disney Plus, Dan? I don't follow things. I got you covered. That's why I'm here. That's why you listen. Uh, Disney Plus is Disney's, basically Disney's version of Netflix. It comes out, uh, it's going to, planning to launch late 2019. So next year, no prices have been mentioned. Um, that's why you see a lot of stuff, I think, getting pulled from Netflix that is Marvel based. But this is going to be the whole shebang of bang that Disney does. So you go see uh, Captain Marvel in theaters or the new Avengers movie. And then after it has its run in the theaters, they'll pull it from said theaters and then they'll put on their streaming service for you so they'll probably charge you like 9.99 or 14.99 a month or something like that and they may even do tiers where it's like for 20 bucks a month you get the ability to watch the content in 4k and hdr just like netflix does and so not only are they putting all the pixar stuff all the marvel stuff all star wars on there they're also developing a lot of new um Series as well too, so you're having this mishmash of anything and everything under the Disney umbrella coming to you in one app. So speaking of new content, he did talk about what they're planning to do, some of the stuff they have in the the cooker right now. Um, the streaming service will feature um, a brand new Star Wars live action ser- series. Um, specifically, what I'm referring to is John Favreau's. Who people that don't know, he's the director of Iron Man one and did Elf and a bunch of other stuff too. And I think the last one was the jungle book live action too, which I actually remember having a good time with. So he has a new series that he's doing called Mandalorian. Um, which I I hope that's fucking great. It sounds good, it looks good so far for what I've seen, what I've read, and I can't wait for that shit. Um in addition to that, he also this was a newer announcement that a brand new series series will be on the show or on the streaming service following Rebel Spy, Kaskian cassian yeah cassian andor that takes prior to the events of star wars rogue one diago luna will reprise his role now for you out there they're like i don't know who the fuck that is and i don't remember that character he's the dude spoiler alert if you haven't seen rogue one that uh he dies at the end with uh what's her face felicity jones because she's that one gal i don't fucking remember these names like i that's how much i cared about those characters Um, so they're doing like a prequel series that takes place before rogue one about it and all that stuff. So, um, that could be actually kind of cool, depending if they make it a total like spy thriller, that could be kind of neat. Like I'm down with that. And I think it's focused They're not trying to make a flipping movie out of it, you know, along with other movies that come out every year and it's going to be a show. So it's probably going to be, you know, for budget issues, they're going to go eight to 10 episodes, maybe an hour each, and they're going to have a higher budget, and it's gonna be thoughtfully you know you hope thoughtfully directed written out and everything from a plot standpoint and everything so i mean that's cool and i'm liking they're bringing back original people to keep continuity so that tells me they're not getting cheap on it they could easily with a lot of stuff just like we'll, we'll replace somebody with him that's going to be cheaper i'm not saying fucking diego luna over here is breaking the bank with his you know his asking cost for his reprisal of that role but like they could easily get a nobody and just like cross their fingers that it works but they're not doing that but also in addition they will also be doing this one i'm very excited about with the mandalorian thing uh the final conclusion to the clone wars animated series which is something i personally fell in love with dave fione who runs everything animated with star wars is just incredible he kills it every time and so he's gonna have his fingers in it um, he also, Iger also confirmed that Marvel will indeed be developing and involved in the miniseries. Will develop. I can't talk today. That's how excited I am for this news, you guys. Iger confirmed that Marvel is also going to be developing brand new series as well based off of their MCU characters so we've talked about it before on the podcast a rumor was uh Scarlet Witch and then the other one was Loki but he did confirm that hey, yeah we're going to do a new series a mini series based off of the Loki character and Tom Hiddleston will reprise his role as Loki so I think it's all going to be previous to the infinity war, unless when the fourth Avenger comes out, they bring Loki back, which I will be very butthurt about and everything, but no, this is cool shit. Like again, I'm a huge, I I love Disney and pretty much all their intellectual properties. I mean, they fucking own two childhood, like loves of my life and star Wars and Marvel. So I kind of don't have a choice too much with that stuff, but no, hopefully it's good. It works. The fucking servers do a good job and they, they put good money into they don't mail it in and that they have a good balance of everything they bring to the table you know i don't want to see just because you have the avenue to develop a star wars based mini series or a a continually rolling series i don't want to see you do it like have three shows a fucking year do you know what i mean and it's just crap because that's what you try to do with movies, and it got annoying real fast, too. And amongst other reasons as well. So, yep, cool stuff. It works out. Glad we got a name for it and everything. And it looks like everything's on on course to to hit it when it should and come out and everything. So, that's cool stuff. Now, moving on to two reviews I want to provide for you guys. So, I got around to finally finishing the last the series finale of House of Cards. That's the one with uh, I like to rape Chimo Kevin Spacey. And I can't remember his wife's name, the chick that plays his wife in the show. But anyway, so the show, the last season, I believe was six episodes, maybe eight, an hour each. So the show focuses on her. And so she's the new lead going in. So to be honest with you, I didn't know what to expect going into this. Overall, I did like it. I felt the ending was A bunch of shit i felt the ending that they provided was an ending of it just didn't make sense with the season with that final season because they i thought did a really good job of introducing some new characters and really emphasize the power play in them how these how these new characters are are like the villains well not the villains really because claire his wife who's the lead in the show she's fucked up too and does fucked up shit as well so she's like kind of the villain as well but my point being they they introduced these new side characters and they put a spotlight on some returning ones and they really flush them out throughout the season and so when it comes down a crunch of the final episode of it to wrap this whole series up they to me just completely do not give them due justice to wrap up their storylines and it felt very weak so the thing is i went back and i looked and i couldn't find a um concrete answer that I felt like I wanted a cite. But I was curious, I was trying to find out how much of this show of the final season did they not only I know they had already written it, but how much of it did they shoot before the news with Kevin Spacey came out and they had to fire his ass. And I couldn't find a a really concrete thing about it. So I don't know if they were a couple days in a filming or a couple months, that sort of thing. But make no question about it. They had to rewrite this last season on the fly. And that's not fucking easy to do on any show. Because when you have a plan, you have everything. I mean, your budget, your production, your sets. I mean, your everything, you know what I mean? You only could cut so much out and you only could tweak so much without throwing out the freaking thing and almost restarting, if you will. So I felt like, a little bit of that was shown in this final season, but props to them. I didn't, it wasn't as apparent as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be clear as day that this was a rewritten script from beginning to end, and it's completely on show for you, and they just fucked up because they had no choice to what they had to do. So that was. Again, it wasn't full on force for me. Like I could see a little bit of it, but it was actually pretty well. The wires were very well hidden, you know, behind the curtain kind of thing. So props to them for it. The chick that plays uh, Claire, like I thought she came into her own. She really took it over. She was great. Um, but this is my thing. Yeah, the ending I had issues with. But I think other than that, I I wanted to watch the next episode. I was ready to. I wasn't like fuck. I gotta finish this. You know. I was excited to listen to the next one. Or watch the next one Um, So my thing is though And this is where it becomes tough I like to think that I can't remember the name of the head writer now That when they made the show A big part of it It's easy for you to look at Kevin Spacey's character Of Frank Underwood and say Okay, he's the star of the show The show's about him And I think in the beginning It kind of, if I remember correctly Because it's been like six years It started off that way And then quickly they made the adjustment, or maybe it was part of the plan, to be like, no, 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 Frank Underwood, yes, has one of the huge spotlights, but his wife, Claire, is the other one. And that dynamic between the two of them and kind of like this Hollywood version of Bill and Hillary Clinton and how fucked up everything is in Washington politics, etc., going over the top with certain stuff and some stuff I'm sure they actually got from real stories. (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me. The dynamic between the two of them, I thought, was one of the main pillars of what made this show so special. So now going into the final season, they had to rip away the Frank Underwood character and just toss it aside. And I think that upset the balance or upset... Not the balance, but their, their formula. You know, like you have a recipe that this works, it's going good. We'll make tweaks here and there to the recipe over time, but it keeps getting better and better and better, and people are loving it. Now you've taken a huge ingredient out of that recipe and just thrown it out and now present it to people. And they're like, well, something's definitely missing. I felt that's how the show was. And again, they were in a no-win situation. They had to fucking get rid of them. They couldn't recast Frank Underwood because Kevin Spacey, you know, when I think of Frank Underwood, I'm think of Kevin Spacey now, and all the bullshit that's attached to him, and you know the piece of crap that he is. However, it's it's, it's just they were in a no-win situation, but I thought they did the best they could with what the situation the position they were put in. However, that doesn't excuse your ending. And, but I don't know, maybe it does excuse it because you had a fucking rewrite, I would assume, um, an ending to your series finale. And that was always the goal going into this final season was that this was going to be the end of house of cards. So I don't know. I, if you've watched and put the time in, definitely watch it. It's worth it. You know, I, I still had a blast with it. I still had many, many moments of like, oh, this is so fucked up this show. Holy crap. Like, and that's the thing I think why that show so amazing because you have these characters that do and say some horrible shit that just makes you like want to pull your hair out but because they're politicians at least in my opinion it's completely believable that they could do and say these types of things so if you've put the time in a house of cards finish watching it it's it's not a great finish or anything by that or in, in any way but it works for the situation that they were in so if you've never watched House of Cards, A, what's what the fuck's wrong with you? It's brilliant, you know, check it out. But I could get someone I could kind of understand someone that's like, ooh, like, I don't know if I can go back and watch this after knowing what I know now about Kevin Spacey. And I, I, I can kind of see that, you know, but again, we like to I like to think, at least is what I try to do, and I'm not always hundred percent on it. I try to judge the artist for their work that they're doing, not the personal shit, you know, because at the end of the day, like FYI, like, I love Michael Jackson. I think he's fucking awesome. I love his music. Personally, big fucking problems. And that can make me a huge hypocrite, and I just look at it through a lens that makes me tolerable with my view, and that could totally be it. I'm up for the discussion, you know? But, um, no, check it out if you're a fan and, and finish it up, that sort of thing. So moving on to our next review for today's episode, Outlaw King. So this little movie... Uh, About two hours, it stars stars Chris Pine. So what is Outlaw King, if you haven't heard of it? Um, The only reason I watch is because on Friday night I was sitting there on the couch, and I was like, okay, um, I want to take a break from Red Dead 2. I've been playing it a lot. I I just want something I can unwind, unwind to kind of relax, that sort of thing. Just something to watch for a couple hours before bed and hang out with the wife and everything like that so my brother texts me he's like dude i'm watching outlaw king kind of thing and i'm like "Oh, i was gonna watch the fucking star trek dude the jj abrams original reboot dude. i was excited for that i, sh- I should have watched that instead um still a chris pine movie it's kind of funny now that i think about it i did not mean for it to be a mandatory chris pine night but that's not the reason so watching this movie and what is outlaw king it's literally like a fucking shit sequel version to braveheart like the story of outlaw king takes place right after braveheart it is not connected to mel gibson or the braveheart movie in any way other than the the history of it you know because right off the bat they they mentioned william wallace because i didn't know what the fuck this movie was and i'm like William Wong, that's fucking Braveheart dude. like what so I thought it was gonna be a twist and like the unofficial sequel to Braveheart and I got excited I'm glad that it wasn't because this movie was shit this was not a good, good film acting wise everyone's it's fine you know no one ruins the film it's just the pacing of it the way certain things were shot the story is just pretty fucking boring and I'm I just found myself judging history if this movie is is portrayed correctly based off the history of this time and the event that it's covering and then at one point I'm watching it and I'm going to go back and, and check it out but I'm a hundred percent sure so yes I'm sure that I think there's one battle scene you know the medieval battle crap you don't know, love that kind of stuff. Where they put CGI blood in the fucking movie. My eye caught it and I was like, this looks so horrible and so cartoony. And I mean, I would just say, hey, if you're like, but Danny, I'm interested. Cool, I gotcha. Watch the first nine minutes of this movie and shut it off. The first nine minutes are fucking brilliant. It's all shot with that one camera camera. The following camera, it's all one shot. It's continuous for the first nine minutes of the film. And it is brilliant. Like, I start off with that and I'm like, what the fuck? This could be a sleeper. Like, holy shit, dude. And then when I Googled it later on to see, like, I wonder what kind of like feedback this movie's getting. And all I could see was fucking headlines on Google Chris Pine goes full frontal nudity and shows his dick. And I'm like, who the fuck cares? Like, how's the film, you fucking idiots? Oh, it sucks maybe that's why you're talking about his dick instead of the movie because it's so bad and yeah it's like so confused and it's boring i was so fucking bored even with like these brutal over-the-top like action battles where i was like oh that's cool he chopped that dude's head off and blah 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 and the final battle scene that they do that was cool like i had fun with it but it ends very weird and i'm like This is, like, a big thing that just occurred for the ending of this movie, and you guys just kind of gloss it over with, like, text dialogue. I fucking hate when movies do that, by the way. I hate when movies take the shortcut and the cheap version out, and they give you the synopsis of, like, the recap of, or, like, what happens now after this movie's over, and it's all text. I fucking hate that. It's so cheap. It's, like, revealing important information or characters through an email message i can't stand that shit so um outlaw king watch the first nine minutes is my recommendation and then shut it off and you can fake me later kind of thing so anyways with that said moving on to the last leg of the episode or of the podcast this week's podcast episode i'm all over the place today i'm not gonna lie i think i'm coming down with a cold head's not in the game even my coffee's not doing miracles for me so that's i could just be dehydrated that's that's possible. It's cold drinking less. Anyways, getting missed. You know, this is where my ADHD kicks in. Um, so industry notes, uh, we have officially Chris McKay, who is from, uh, he directed the Lego Batman movie. He has, uh, signed on to helm the Johnny quest film. I saw that and I'm like, this is probably not going to get made. And if it does, he's going to drop off as director, but It's Johnny quest bringing Johnny quest back. That's It's going to be fucking sweet. Like I'm all for that. They didn't say if it was live action or animated, I would assume it's going to be live action. But, um, and I went back and Googled this out of curiosity and it, do you ever have one of those things where you're trying to recall something and you are adamant that when you go to Google and you start typing in that, you know, this is information that is true And you're just trying to get a source or something or just see someone write up something that just confirms that, yeah, 100%. It's like you tell someone a piece of information. They're like, "Eh, I think you're lying or I don't know about that. You might got your facts twisted there. And you're like, no, Google it, dude. Like, it's fucking there. And then they don't bring anything up. So I had a similar moment with this because I swear they have been working on a Johnny Quest movie for like six years or something, maybe more. And that The Rock was attached to direct and I couldn't find anything, so either I'm making shit up, but in me making something up, I had the most brilliant idea of casting The Rock in a Johnny Quest film, or I don't know, it got wiped from the internet, I don't fucking know, but I swear to God that was going on, so yeah, Chris McKay is doing that, which he signed up to to direct the Dungeons & Dragons movie, I think, as well, so... I doubt, I don't know when the fuck this guy's going to have time to get around to it, let alone write it or something or approve the script. He's probably going to drop out at some point. That's my bet. But at least the Johnny Quest movie is on the docket, everybody. So anyways, uh moving on to another bit of news. We got a Breaking Bad movie leak semi-announcement. Um So Breaking Bad, amazing show for those that haven't watched it. Don't know why. It's incredible. However, um, per variety, it's confirmed that Vince Gilligan the show's creator of breaking bad and, um, better call Saul is working on a new film with ties to the beloved series. Um, let's see. Gilligan is working on a two hour film. The whether it's destined for multiplexes or television is unclear. And then like Albuquerque journal had like some shit going on of like reporting, Hey, this is going to happen. So no idea if it's a prequel sequel, who's going to be in it if it's going to be following any of the characters. But no, if that's legit, that's cool. Vince Gilgan's been killing it. I have to watch Better Call Saul. I've been an asshole and a son of a bitch, and I have not watched that show. And I keep hearing incredible things about it. And I'm 100% positive it is on Netflix. So I need to get my shit together and watch it because I am overdue. But no, that sounds awesome. More more goodies, man. That's what it's all about. So um, yeah, Breaking Bad movie, possibly incoming. So fingers crossed um so anyways moving on to our last bit of industry notes here trying to bring up my sources but my wi-fi sucks ass oh fuck you come on you piece of shit anyways all right so here we go uh per slash film it's reporting that jeremy irons who most recently can be seen in such critically acclaimed films as the dceu movies as alfred or my personal favorite, he did the voice of Scar from the Lion King animated movie. He has signed on to, he's been signed on for a while to be in HBO's new upcoming series, The Watchmen, based off the incredible Watchmen graphic novel from Alan Moore. A movie which I still will say to this day is fucking amazing. And I don't use that word with Zack Snyder very often, especially the director's cut. Like, Fucking love that movie. It is so good to me for whatever reason. Um and then I know there's probably some fans that are yelling, but they changed the ending. Like, you gotta adapt a little bit, okay? A fucking anime porno porno tentacle monster in the middle of Manhattan launching a nuke or devastating powers or whatever is not really going to translate to that movie in the way it looks, you know, to be honest with you and I get the reason why it's there, but come come on guys. But fucking watch the movie, I loved it and watch the gra- read the graphic novel and own it cuz it's fucking amazing what he does. So anyway, so they're reporting Jeremy Irons, he's been attached for a while but they slash films is reporting that hey, he's been casted as Adrian um aka Osmandius, i think that was his name in the watch movie he's the dude that like hatched the plot he came up with it he hatched it you know for the big ending of watch and everything so he's going to be at playing an older version of that character so i was like this is sweet so did some research this hbo's watchman is set 10 years in the future um i believe from the novel or from the movie, or not, it has nothing to do with the movie, but based off the book, right? So the creator, the the head writer of it, and I, fuck, his name is going to escape me now. Uh, Damien, oh, Damien Lindoff, I think that was his name. He is part of the J.J. Abrams uh, writing tree, and he did Lost, he did The Leftovers on HBO, so he's the head writer of HBO's Watchmen, right? So he said something that I saw in one article, which I I'm excited for this because I love anything and everything Watchmen. I love how HBO's mo with stuff. But he said, if the Watchmen graphic novel from Alan Moore is the Old Testament, my version of Watchmen is going to be the New Testament. And I I instantly heard that and I got hard. I can't remember the last time I heard anything relating to religion that got me off. This did. It was fucking awesome. I was like, let's go. I'm so fucking stoked for this show. And so I got some hype. I got some high expectations for this because I love that universe of the Watchmen. And I just think, yeah, I can't wait. I hope this is fucking good, man. I cannot wait for that shit. So, um, yeah, guys, that's going to do it for industry notes. And in fact, that is going to do it for me today. Um, hope you all enjoy it. And you, I and hope all of you guys do have a wonderful work week. I, I'm... I cannot wait to stop talking. This is going to be great. Um, if you like the podcast and want to help it grow um, ideas and suggestions in the description of the episode, of how you can do that and more, i.e. share the podcast with anyone you may know um, that you may think enjoys it, um, rate it, subscribe, review, all that fucking nonsense. Um, if you're on Instagram, you can also follow the podcast on there by simply searching the Haven podcast. And then last but not least, um i have links in the description of the episode as well of how you can submit user questions that's something that i'm definitely going to be hounding you guys about actually the the plugs as i called them last week i'm going to be doing this shit on the outro all the time guys so get used to it i'm sorry i love you guys but uh yeah daddy needs to daddy needs to grow this thing a little bit more um so yeah i yeah, set your questions in. Again, you can when you send your questions, you can be anonymous. I don't have to bring up a name or email address or any of that bullshit if you don't want to. And also it doesn't have to pertain exclusively to the usual topics we discuss and nerd out nerd out about on the podcast. It could be anything. Let's have some fun. Let's have some dialogue. That sort of thing. That's probably the biggest thing to me. I get more involved with you guys, have more communication with you guys if you want it. If not, it's gonna be fucking lonely feelings. But, you know, that's That's no passive aggressiveness on my part at all. So (laughs) Uh, thank you guys again. And um, yeah, hope you enjoyed the show and all that fun stuff. I will talk with you guys this upcoming Friday. Take care, everybody.